December 9th, 1991, May 2nd, 1993, April 18th, 1995, and October the 6th, uh, 1997, my life was changed forever. Whoo, man, I'm going to get emotional again. I need more sleep. Um, God blessed me with these four amazing women, and... uh, There are really three things in my life that I've done that I think are significant. One is give my life to Christ. Two is marry Joanne. And three is be a dad. And uh, today, as I was thinking about uh, the Father's Day message and what I would talk about, I realized that, you know, being a dad uh, over the last 25 years was awesome, uh, but it was also difficult. Um, Sometimes it was a slog. And many times I made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) I goofed up a lot. But in those mistakes, I learned a lot of good lessons. And so what I want to do this morning is just really kind of share with you three things that I learned uh, through my mistakes. And so if you're here today and you're a dad, I hope these words will uh, encourage you, will challenge you, uh, inspire you to not make the mistakes I made. If you're here today and you're never going to be a dad, I don't want you to go to sleep. I still want you to pay attention uh, because really the principles I'm going to share with you, um, you don't have to be a dad for these to be important. If you've decided to be a follower of Christ, then these three things I'm about to share with you uh, this morning are going to be very important uh, in your life. And if you're here today and Father's Day is rough because maybe your dad wasn't present, uh, maybe your dad was not a good dad, um, these three things hopefully will be things that your dad should have shared with you and taught you uh, in your life. So I believe really there's something uh, for everyone. And in fact, uh, in your bulletin you will see there are notes. You don't have to fill in the blanks because I didn't want you to spend time doing that. These are just things that you can follow along with. And maybe you just want to pay attention today so that you can be entertained uh, by all the dumb things that I've done because I've done a lot of dumb uh, things. But here are three things that I have learned uh, being a dad. Here's the first one. The best and most important thing that you can do for your children is to point them to Jesus. The best and most important thing you can do for your children is to point them to Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 6 through 9 tell us, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, we've read this scripture a lot, but I'm reading it to you this morning because what I want you to see, uh, and I don't know if there's even correct grammar, but I'm going to give it a shot. I want you to see how consistent and in how there should be this consistent intentionality when you're a dad, right? I mean, teaching your kids about Jesus, pointing them to God should be something you do all the time. And you do it on purpose, not by accident. And you do it creatively, right? I mean, look at this. I mean, how, I mean these are creative things. Tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, Really? Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. I mean, these are creative ways to get your children to focus on God. And of course, we know now to focus on Jesus. Now, 
how did that look in the Shumsky house? Right? How did that look in the Shumsky house when these girls were growing up? Well, as you may already imagine, uh, there were a lot of things I wanted my children to know as a dad. One of them was, I really wanted them to know all of the major professional sports teams there are in America. I thought that was key and important. So true story, there'd be days that you would come into my house and I'd be on the floor with my four daughters around me. We'd either have baseball cards or football cards or hockey cards. For some reason, we never did basketball. And um, they'd have packs. And they'd, I'd show them how to open the packs of cards. I'd show them how to find the special cards. I'd show them how to smell the cards. Yes, that was very important. And then we would lay them out according to teams. So by the age of three, four, five years old, my daughters could say Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Or I would say Atlanta, and they would say Falcons. And I would say, how about baseball? And they would say Braves. And I thought, wow, I'm doing a really good job as a dad. <laughs> What's really funny is today, my daughters will know these things, and they're like, how do I know New Orleans Saints? And I'm like, it's a long story, honey. Don't worry about it. I thought I was doing right. You know, I taught them how to ride bikes, and I taught them how to catch, and I taught them how to throw. Um, I taught them how to do all the things I thought were important. But as I grew and, and, and as they grew, I came to realize and understand that, you know, those things really are nice and they're not bad. But down the road, when they're facing difficulties, maybe when their marriages are struggling, when they're having problems with their own children, being able to say New York Knickerbockers is not going to help them, Right? What is? Well, Jesus. And so my wife and I um, really intentionally, creatively tried to get our girls to understand who Jesus was, how important he was, and how they needed to live their lives for him. And we used lots of different things. We used music, uh, lots of songs we would sing in the house, in the car. We used videos. And this is back in the day when you didn't have DVDs, we had VHS, right? And let me tell you right now, this was before VeggieTales, so the production level was not very good. And so in your, in your notes, you will see this little blue guy. Um, he is called Salty the Sinning Song Man. And then next to him, or songbook, the next to him is uh, the Donut Man. He had a talking donut. Yeah, in fact, let me, let me just for fun, let me just show you a little clip of Salty the Singing Songbook. This is what we um, had our daughters learn as they were kids. Go ahead, turn that up. We got volume here. When something seems too hard to handle, too big to conquer, too far away to touch. And all your dreams begin to shatter. You want you to put your cell phones in there. And deep inside you, you're hurting oh so much. That's when it's time to say, I'm climbing my mountain step by step. I'm climbing my mountain day by day. Climbing my mountain all the way Climbing my mountain I'm gonna make it One step at a time 
I'm sure there are a lot of thoughts going through your head right now. Uh, one is, why in the world would you subject your children to such pain? <laughs> Let me tell you, we went further than just the video. We actually took our kids to see Salty Live. Yeah, in Jamestown, New York. And uh, it was just pathetic. Um, it was sad. There was this poor guy dressed up in a salty costume. And he was doing his best until he fell off the stage. No, really, he did. Right in the middle of the song. And, and what was sad was the front row was right up against the stage. So you have to imagine Salty the Sitting Songbook falling off the stage and getting wedged in between the front row and the stage and unable to get out. It took, us, it took all us adults, everything we had not to laugh. I mean, because the poor kids are scared. What's wrong with Salty? And we're like, he's okay. It's part of the show. Right? Now, some of you might be thinking, yeah, that's great, Pastor Chris. You played a video and sat your kids in front of it. Great parenting. Oh, no, 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 no. We were there. I was on the floor. I watched that salty thing over and over until I, my wife was up here saying the words. We know the words to those songs, even though it was many years ago, because we knew this. We knew that we, if we wanted to be good parents, we had to get on the floor with our kids, engage with them, look them in the eye, talk to them, and point them to Jesus. And we used music, we used videos, and uh, we did a few other things. One of the things we did was we made church a priority. Folks, church was always a priority. We never let our kids skip church. If they wanted to have a sleepover, they had to still come to church. We didn't let them skip it because of a sport, because of music, because of anything. We made sure they understood that church was the priority. And unless you were sick, you went all the time. We also made youth group a priority. You know, I was a youth pastor for a long time. And one of the things that just drove me nuts was when kids wouldn't come to youth group and I would say, well, where's so-and-so? And they're like, well, they goofed up and their parents grounded them. From coming to youth group? From coming to the one place where they're going to be told, hey, obey your mom and dad? I would tell parents all the time, listen, if your kids are misbehaving, ground them and make them go to youth group. Ground them and make them go on the retreats. Get them where they're going to grow in the relationship with Christ. And we also made serving a priority, and that's big. For as soon as they could serve, we let them know, hey, you've got gifts, you've got abilities, you've got talents, and you're here to serve God. That's part of your worship. And by doing all these things, by pointing them to Jesus. So far, so good. Uh, They've turned out pretty good. And we're very thankful. So that's the first most important thing. Oh, let me say another thing real quick. This is important. Those last three things, church, youth group, um, and service, you have to understand, we didn't raise our kids alone. And this is important. One of the things we learned early on uh, from a, a ministry called Orange, and it's what we do here at Oak Ridge, is that every kid needs another adult in their lives telling them the same things that their parents are telling them at home. They need that reaffirmation. And we got that with our kids because we were so plugged in to a church. Men, we have a great church here. And we have other adults that will speak into your kids' lives, what you're teaching them at home. But make church, youth group, and service a priority. 
All right, let's go to the second one. The second best and second most important thing that you can do for your children, and it's really hard, is to point out to them when you're not living like Jesus. You've got to point out to them when you're not living like Jesus, and that's not easy. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 tells us, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. How do we exasperate our children? By sinning, by messing up, and then by covering up. When you goof up and you don't apologize, you don't ask for forgiveness, you pretend that you did anything wrong, you tell your kids that it's okay because you're an adult, when you do those kinds of things, you exasperate your children. And it's not what God wants us to do. Now you're all thinking, okay, how did that look in the Shumsky home? Well, I'm gonna share two stories with you if I really blew it. The first one was back when we were living in Endicott. So this, oh my goodness, this was like 15 years ago maybe. Okay, maybe a little less than that, but about 12 maybe years ago. Um, We were all at Sarah's softball game. Uh, I don't know all the uh, particulars, but I do know this, Uh, I was angry. Something was going on and something had been going on and so I was mad and um, we had taken two cars. So I took uh, one of the cars home by myself and I got home before the family did and I went in the house and I got, a sheet of pa- I got a sheet of paper and I got a marker and I wrote on it, the free ride is over. I got some duct tape and I stuck it to the front door, just like Martin Luther, not really. I stuck it to the front door so that when they came home, they would see that sign and they would know that the free ride is over. Yeah, not a good moment for me. I let my anger get the best of me Uh, I responded to it poorly, I was not kind, and uh, I was not being a good dad. Now, I could have said to them, hey, 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 I have every right to do this. This is my house, I'm king of the castle, you were wrong. But I didn't. I apologized. I asked for forgiveness. Thankfully, they forgave me. And here's what's cool about it. Today, they'll bring it up and they'll laugh about it. In fact, true story, uh, this past year we're watching a TV show called The Middle and the father just lost his mind and he turns to the kids and he yells, the free ride is over. And our whole family froze. And they are like, dad, they stole that from you. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm the idiot that made that one up. Um, But you know why we can laugh about it? Because... I owned up to it. I wasn't too prideful to admit I was wrong. I humbled myself. Now, what if I hadn't have done that? What if I had said, hey, my way or the highway. I don't make mistakes. I'm your dad. I don't do anything wrong. I will not humble myself. I will hold my pride high. Then what would have happened? Well, we would have had a mess. We would have a memory today that's painful for me and that's painful for my girls. We wouldn't have a healthy relationship, we'd have a broken relationship. And here's another thing that would have happened. I would have taught my daughters a horrible lesson. I would have taught my daughters, hey, when you mess up, don't worry about it. You don't need to take responsibility. You don't need to deal with the consequences. Do whatever you can to get away. That's not the lesson I wanted my girls 
to learn. Now, I messed up again just this past year. Some of you have heard this story, but I'm going to tell you the whole story. Um, I was trimming the hedges in our yard, and as I think I showed you a picture of it when I talked about it, there was a bee's nest in the hedges, and so I went over the bee's nest. Now, my daughter Emily is in the front row laughing. We're going to get to this in a minute. Um, So the bee swarmed me. And so I run into the house. Now, what you have to know about me is when I get scared, I get angry. And so I'm running into the house, and I think I'm going to die because I'm being swarmed by bees. So I start yelling for my daughters, and they're just looking at me like, what is your problem? And then I started calling them stuff like stupid and idiots because I'm like, I'm being killed by bees. And then I realized that I was being dumb and, and being the idiot, and the bees weren't killing me. They were stinging me, which wasn't fun, but they weren't killing me. And so again, I had to apologize to my daughters, ask them for forgiveness, and they forgave me. And, and here's what's fun about that is uh, this past week, I had to trim the hedges again, and Emily's like, hey, Dad, remember when you trimmed the hedges and the bees stunned you and you called us names? <laughs> and then Allison, without missing a beat, goes, best day of my life. (laughs) See, because it's funny to them now. They laugh about it. What makes it funny? I apologized. They know that their dad's not perfect. And they know that being a Christian, you're not going to be perfect. But when you mess up, you apologize. And you point out to your children when you're not living your life like Christ. All right, here's number three. This is the last one. The third best and third most important thing you can do for your children is to keep growing in your relationship with Christ. I don't care how old you are. You've got to keep growing. Now, how did this look in the Shumsky family? Well, in the Shumsky house, when the kids were little, I could go, Jesus loves me, this I know. And they would look up to me and go, oh, daddy. And they would sing the song and it would be so sweet. And that's the only theological depth that I needed at the point in time. But as they got older, especially my firstborn, if you know what I mean, started going like this. What do you mean Jesus loves me? How do you know? Where does it say that? In what book of the Bible? In what chapter? In what verse? What translation? How do we know for sure? What is the Greek? <laughs> right? I mean, as they got older... It wasn't good enough for me to have a simple theology. As they got older, they had really serious, important questions that I had to be able to answer. So I had to keep growing in my relationship with Christ just to keep up. Plus, you know that the things that kids deal with at three are not the same things that kids deal with at 13 and at 23 and someday at 33. And so you've got to be spiritually ready to be able to speak into your child's life. So here are three things that I'm still doing regularly to help grow my relationship with Christ. And here's the first one. I increase my knowledge and understanding of God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Paul writes that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I think we could take verse 17 and say, so that a father of children 
may be thoroughly equipped to be the dad he needs to be. Folks, you've got to keep growing in your relationship with Christ. You've got to be reading God's word regularly. And you've got to be doing things to help you understand what it means and what it says because your kids need you to keep growing. They're never going to go farther than you if you don't keep growing. And if they do go farther than you and they do become more spiritually mature than you, then you've lost an opportunity to really speak into their lives. And they need you to be able to do that. So keep growing. Now here's the second thing that's kind of obvious, but it's important. I decrease my sinning. Matthew chapter 18, verse 6. Uh, these are the words of Jesus, and these are really powerful. Matthew 18, verse 6. This is Jesus' warning. He says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's intense, right? So what is Jesus saying? If you cause one of your children to sin, if you live in sin and live in such a way that leads them to sin, you're in big trouble. Big, big trouble. So stop sinning. You saw the video, right? The video is great. Shows the little kid following, dad along. Well, yeah, that keeps on, folks. Your kids are going to be just like you. Your kids are going to want to do the things that you do. Your kids are going to want to listen to the music, watch the TV shows, read the books, do all the things that you do. Your kids are going to talk like you do. Your kids are going to live the way you do. So how are you living? How are you living? Right? You've got to stop sinning. Not only because it damages your relationship with Christ, because it's going to hurt your kids. You know, my daughters are old enough now that I can do some reflection. I can look at their lives and I can see some things and I can say, you know what? Oh, I love that characteristic of my kid. And I can see where she got it from her mom or she got it from me. We did a good job teaching our kids this. But then there are times when I look into my daughter's lives and I say, ooh, oh, they got that habit from me. Shoot. And I wish I could go back in time and do some different things because I, I didn't do enough changing early on and they picked up some bad habits from me. Folks, you got to do everything you can to get the sin out of your life. It's not good enough for you to say, hey, I get to watch this, I get to do this because I'm an adult and you're a kid so you can't. Kids aren't stupid. If it's wrong for them, it's wrong for you, right? If it's a sin for them, it's a sin for you. So get the junk out. And this is number three. I kept growing in my relationship with Christ by becoming more like Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul says, and this is really important. Paul writes, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now think about this for a moment. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So Paul is saying this. He's saying, listen, I'm gonna put this for dads. Dads, you should be able to look at your daughters or your sons and say, here, daddy is following Jesus, so you follow me. See, too many parents are going, hey, listen, get around me. If you wanna follow Jesus, don't follow me because I'm not doing the right thing. 
go around me. You can't do that. Too many parents today are sending their kids to church thinking, well, if I send my kids to church, at least they're gonna be okay, I don't need to go. Yes, you do. You need to be here, you need to be growing, you need to be leading by example. We said this before, we say it many times, what happens at home is more important than what happens at church. You have far greater influence in your kid's life than church does, so make it count. Make it count. All right, let's go to our next steps. Let's go to our next steps. I don't know um, where you are today, but let me first start uh, with the fathers. If you're here and you are a dad um, of a baby, of a teenager, of an adult, or maybe someday you're gonna be a dad, uh, then I want you... Uh, to learn from my mistakes. I mean, that's why I told you all the stupid things that I did so that you wouldn't do them. Learn from my mistakes. I can't go back. I can only go forward and I can only live a certain way from this point on and I'm trying really hard to continue to point my kids towards Christ. I'm trying really hard to point out to them when dad's not being the way that a follower of Christ should be and I'm trying really hard uh, to keep growing. So take these words to heart. And if you're sitting here today and you're saying to yourself, you know, I'm putting way too much of an emphasis on teaching my kid how to shoot a basket than I am on teaching him how to read God's word. You need to make an adjustment there, right? I get it. Basketball is fun. I love basketball. Sarah was able to shoot hoops. The rest of them, not really. That's okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, my daughter Sarah is uh, 23 years old, right? Has she turned 24 yet? She's 24. Okay, that's right. They're, they're in there. Yeah. It's good to be married. She's 24 years old, and she's trying to figure out life and career. And I'm going to tell you right now, being able to make a basket is not going to help her one iota. She can pitch a softball fast and hard, not helping her one iota. She can shop till she drops, not helping her one iota. It's her relationship with Christ. So make sure you make that a priority. Here's the second thing. Um, Guys are prideful. Boy, right? Guys are prideful. It's hard for us to be humble. If you're here today and you're a prideful dad, you don't like to own up to your mistakes, you are making a mistake. You're teaching your kids that they can get away with anything. They don't have to apologize. There are no consequences. There's no responsibility. Well, how's that working out for our country? Not so good, right? How's that working out for so many adults that live in this world today? Not so good. You're gonna mess up and you need to teach your kids when you mess up, you fess up. God will forgive you. People will forgive you. Wounds can be healed. Move on. Own up to it. Take responsibility. Deal with the consequences. You've got to teach your kids these lessons because the world's not going to. And then finally, maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, you know, I am stuck on square C. In other words, five years ago, this is how close I was in my relationship with Christ and I'm still the same person five years down the road. If you're coming to that conclusion, you need to start cranking it up, right? You need to start stepping it up and growing. Now, if you're here today and you're not a dad, you're never going to be a dad, you do have relationships, right? You might be a mom. Uh, you might be a grandma. Um, still, very important that you point your kids, you point your friends, you point people in your life to Jesus. And the way you do it is how you live your life, 
But here's another important thing. It's also by being, um, well, what we talked about with humility. You know, if you're a Christian and the world knows you're a Christian and you goof up and you make a mistake, you sin, but you pretend like nothing happened, what's the message you're sending them? That Christians are posers, right? That Christians are hypocrites. They already know that. Let's show them something different. Let's show them that Christians are human. Christians fall. And when we fall, we ask God for forgiveness. We ask people for forgiveness. And people, God forgives us, right? Send that message that God forgives by being humble, not prideful. And then again, I think we all can agree on this. We all need to keep growing. You are never going to reach a place. I tell you that all the time. You will never reach a place. I will never reach a place where we go, good. We're good. Let's just take that sleigh ride to heaven now. Let's just sit back and coast. Pass me some chicken. I'm ready to roll. No. You got to keep growing. Keep maturing. Keep becoming the men and women um, that God has created you to be.